Game Boys. Hey, Internet. Uh, welcome to the Game Boys podcast. Um, my name is Lux. I am your host. And joining us straight from the Shimmer, a.k.a. Area X in the Southern Regions, Griffin Davis. Yeah, Area X. I don't know where that is, actually. You, you haven't seen Annihilation yet? I, no, I haven't seen Oh, but I did read the whole Wikipedia, so I know the plot points from the book. From the book? So I guess I should know what Area X is. Yeah, Area yeah. X is like the main thing. Yeah, I'm from the, I'm from the, is it radioactive? It's, no, it's it's the Shimmer, no one knows what it is, it's alien. It's the Shimmer, yeah, man, I'm mysterious, you don't know where I'm from. Yeah, well, you know, you're broadcasting from your off-the-grid secret layer location. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great to be here, it's great to, uh, it's great to be back, um, it's been, uh, it's been a whole week. It's, we're getting into a nice rotation with this, I feel like. Yeah, we're doing it every week. No yeah, one's get, no good. one's gotten hurt. Yeah, no one's gotten hurt, and <laughs> we've been off, doing it. We're off to a great start. Um, and speaking of great starts, we've got a great start for this episode, where we'll introduce our great guest for this episode, mm-hmm. who is our good friend, a super talented illustrator, uh, and very fun person and Twitter and internet human being, uh, and gamer herself. It's uh, our good friend Laura Lewis. Hi. Yeah. What's up, I Dilf? Only exists on the internet. Well, and in regular, you're also a fun regular person, but it's like harder for podcast people, you know. <laughs> the podcast people don't like, we don't exist to them. Sure, sure. We're just disembodied voices. Um, yeah, just disembodied voices. Um, but yeah, I should clarify uh, <laughs> that I did just call you Dilf. Um, that is a nickname that so we that have for you. that is my Smash Bros nickname. That is her Smash yeah. Bros nickname. So you're, yeah, that's a good point. The Only audience, the real ones now. Yeah, the audience, you guys should know that her name is Laura, but I will... And I will try to refer to her that way so you can follow, but I will almost certainly go back to calling her Dilf like I normally do. Um, I would have it no other way. Yeah, thank you. Well, appreciate that because I'm incapable of doing anything else at this point. Um, but I'm glad. <laughs> so audience, now you guys know you're in on the code. You can follow the action. Yeah, tell us about your like animating stuff more. Yeah. Like I, I, I think you know it's been, been a bit since I've talked to you last or seen you last since I moved from Austin. Um, but um, I remember that you were doing some uh, work on that show, Danger and Eggs. Yeah, so um, I was the character and prop color stylist for Danger and Eggs, which is an animated series on Amazon. Um, I wrapped that up a little while ago and have since been doing some freelance for animation and a lot of stuff that's under NDA that I can't talk about. Um, and I'm, <laughs> not, uh, even one hot, not even one hot scoop. Uh, I can break your silence. Break your NDA uh, on no, Game Boys. No Let's juicy gossip for the Game Boys. I'll, I'll give you a wink and a finger gun, uh, but that's that's about oh. it. Um, which, which, by the way, those gestures are strictly prohibited by the NDA. So we're getting some real. Yeah, so that's real raw, saucy raw content. Views. Let's let's take a picture of her doing that for the Twitter later, just as proof that we we got some kind of scoop. Okay, we'll get it. Yeah, here, Dilf, do it. Ready? I get it. No, wait, I didn't do it. That time I did it. I heard it. Nice. Um, but yeah, and uh, just kind of been working on some personal projects and some secret comic work. Ooh. So, so Danger and Eggs, I never watched it. How did it turn out? Um, it turned out pretty well. Or like, it's hard, it's hard to talk about something you worked on, kind of, mm-hmm. right? But uh, it seems to be really uh, well-received within the community, which is really cool. Um, we were nominated for a few awards, which was um, pretty humbling. We were nominated for a Critics' Choice Award and a GLAAD Award and an Annie Award. Um, and you accepted all of those personally yourself, right? I accepted all of them. Yeah, they actually, <laughs> they specifically wanted uh, those to go to Laura Lewis. Uh, yeah. So. yeah, your name's engraved They're on all like of them. They're like four DILF. Exactly. It doesn't even say DJ. AKA so. DILF. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen I've seen a little bit of Danger and Eggs. It's dope. Uh, people in the audience, go on Amazon and watch it. You ding dongs, watch. Please do. What are you What do are you doing? It. Listening to this podcast, watch that instead. It's much better. Well, no, it's really people good. people with craft made it. <laughs> Griffin, <laughs> Griffin's wrong. Not that not that people with craft didn't make it. Obviously, they did. There were very talented people. However, keep listening are... to the podcast and just listen, watch the show later. You, you know, it's all on demand content. It's all that good good content. <laughs> It's just a lot of good um, on-demand content that speaking we're of good, providing. Speaking of good content, uh, is what is like? I'm kind of out of the game right now in like current uh, animation, sh- like trends in TV right now. Like, what do you think is like one of the newest like animated shows that's like popping right now? That's like super good. 
Ooh, um, well, there are a couple unreleased uh, that everyone's like super hyped for that just got announced. Um, one of them is called uh, The Owl House by Dana Terrace, who was formerly a boarder on DuckTales and before that Gravity Falls. And now she just announced her own new show, Very which cool. is going to be on Disney Channel. And I believe the plot is about a girl in hell who uh, is an apprentice for a witch. Huh, that's kind of dark. That's awesome. Yeah, I know, kind of, kind of edgy for Disney. That one, it. people are hype enough at that one that I know about that one. Wow. I so, know, and I'm uh, n- not like tapped into anything. So, like, do you th- have you been noticing that, like, um, in this like new era where it seems like there's so many TV shows and like Netflix is just crapping shit out and like everyone is making stuff now? It is is that does that translate to like the animation world too like are you seeing like an influx of just like way more animation shows than like ever before a little bit a little bit uh it's definitely created new platforms to um to sort of uh make new content through that medium um you know it's something to be aware of uh so that the market doesn't get oversaturated so the quality doesn't go down but i don't think that that's happened quite with like western animation yet um like you kind of see that in japan where there's so many shows being made that they just have such a quick turnaround time and uh it's usually geared towards marketing toys instead of like focusing on the plot of and that's obviously like not all of them uh, for instance there's some really big shows but Food Wars uh, is a great show. And is not Which one? Toys. Food Wars? Food Wars, dude. My, my anime of choice right now. Which is, what is based what is off food a wars manga, about? right? Yeah, it's based off a manga called Shokugeki no Soma. And <laughs> it's about a guy who goes, a guy, a young man who uh, learned how to cook in a diner who goes to the biggest cooking school in the world and has to compete in many Iron Chef style battles. Um, <laughs> that, that have. Very little clothing from what well, I've seen. They start with clothing, but then when the food's good enough, everyone's clothing explodes off of them. Yeah, that <laughs> Wait, is really? What yeah. And, that's and, incredible. And sometimes, in the context <laughs> of the show, it's like a metaphor. Like their clothes explode off them in a shop, and then you see them again, they're dressed. But for some characters, their clothes just explode off of them and then are gone. But not in like a I ate so much I'm a fat man way. Like like where like you're just like it's like just like you're, they're excited. Yeah, it's like pure like they're, borderline like orgasmic ecstasy just explodes. Like, oh, their because they're, they're like full. They're like full. They're, no, they're just they like happy. Food? They're just like the flavor. No, it's all about the uh, flavor. Oh, it's about the flavor. They're just like oh, this okay. tidal wave of umami is blowing my clothes <laughs> off. It's like basically like every issue of the manga. It's that is the true best. to real life. It's the <laughs> best. Um, I gotta go down to Umami Burger and get my 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 clothes blown clothes off. Blown off, yeah. But yeah, if uh, our listeners looking for an anime, looking for a Western animation show, go watch Change Your Eggs. Looking for an anime, watch Change Your Eggs, and then watch Food Wars. So I have another question for you. Going back to your your origin name of Dilf, uh, what uh, what's what Smash Bros. character is your character of, of choice? So I main as Ness. Okay. Um. And, yep, I mean, it's nice. Lux is shaking his head. It's a frustrating character to fight you. Yeah, it's so freaking good. <laughs> is it known as, like, an overpowered character? No. Yeah, Dils is really good at playing Ness, and when you're good at playing Ness, Ness is a bunch of trolly shit. <laughs> mm. It's because Ness can heal, and I think that that, like, makes it extra troll. Mm-hmm. And the PK Light Thunder that can go anywhere on the map. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really he gets some good range with that move. I- I now I have said this on the podcast before, and I'll probably say this oh, a lot, and this will probably this be the reason that no one we're, ever follows me on Twitter. You're doing uh, this right now. No, I'm not doing this right now. No, 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 no. You're, you'll be okay. It'll be okay. I promise. Uh, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Super Smash Bros. I never have, but I think the Switch might be the console. Not like, yeah, calm down. Uh, the Switch might be the console uh, where I finally come to understand why the game is good. Uh, and I just, and like, do you think that they're going to bring it to Switch this year? They have announced that they will bring it to Switch at the end of the year. What? Wait, when did they announce that? Like, last week. Big news. Oh! Game Boys podcast. I just, yeah. I just dropped my phone off the desk when I heard that. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> Let's huge. Let's see if my it's phone's huge. broken. Um, <laughs> what about the Switch would made, make you more into Smash Bros as opposed to previous generations of Smash Bros? Um, well... I think that's a good question. Um, 
It's because Griffin wants to marry his Switch. So I, the Switch I want to marry. Like, I mean, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, like I do want to marry my Switch. I do want to have a, a legal marriage, uh, legal union. Um, but uh, I don't know. Like I think that something about the Switch just makes me want to play it with other people. I don't know what it is. It's a dumb psychology thing, I think. I don't think there's, like, any, like, core thing about it that would make it different than it was on GameCube or something. Um, I just want to use my Switch all the time, and I feel like a game like that would be a good uh, local co-op game uh, to have. Here's, here's my theory. Here's my theory. I got a theory about why, why you think the Switch would be good. Because I think that for all the gen- other generations of Nintendo things, except for the Wii U, which just, like, wasn't that good, um, it was like before games were like games are serious and now that PS4 and Xbox or the PlayStation and Xbox are like all about putting out like serious adult game content like mm-hmm. the Switch and Nintendo like represent this like more fun whimsical like approach to playing games that I think like at least for me like makes me want to hang out with my friends in like a more like hey we're just kids playing games kind of way whereas like the PlayStation games are like I need to be alone in my house to mainline 48 hours of Dark Souls. Yeah, no, the, the PlayStation games are gritty. Yeah, and so are Xbox games. Nintendo's, sure. like, so fun that it, like, like makes me want to, like, do it with friends and kick it and have a good mm-hmm. time. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Even though they just did release Bayonetta on the Switch. Oh, <laughs> speaking of that, I'm going to buy and download that after this podcast. <laughs> I just got I just got paid. Uh, if you were listening to the last podcast, you'll remember, I think on the podcast I said, next time I get paid, I'm going to get Bayonetta for my Switch. I got paid, so I'm gonna get Bayonetta for my Switch. Uh, oh, yeah. Have you ever yeah. played that game? I have not. It's so good. Well, it's uh, very weird and weird and horny in a weird way. But also, now that we're just randomly talking about Switch games, we should probably move on to the game that we all came here to talk about today and get into uh, a little bit of history about this game. Let's see what happens here. Okay. What's the? Is there a twist on the old classic? No, no, no. Okay, just suffer me to edit. Chill, cool. In 2001, Nintendo released a game in Japan for the N64 called Dobotsu no Mori, an instant hit in Japan. It was re-enhanced and re-released in America later that year for Nintendo's new fledgling console, the GameCube, with a name localization change to Animal Crossing. I'm gonna stop that. Animal Crossing was a community simulation video game in which the human player lives in a village inhabited by anthropomorphic animals, carrying out various activities including fishing, bug catching, fossil hunting, and most importantly, friendship. The series is notable for its open-ended gameplay and extensive use of the game's system's internal clock and calendar to simulate real passage of time. With over six subsequent games, spin-offs, and a popular new app released in 2018, the series has been both critically and commercially successful and has sold over 30 million units worldwide. This week on Game Boys, Laura Lewis, a.k.a. Dilf, brings us back to a simpler time of friendship and home interior decorating. This is Animal Crossing. Wow, yes. Um, So today we will specifically be talking about Animal Crossing New Leaf for the 3DS. Now, have either of y'all played this game? I've played a little bit of it. I know, Griffin, you've played a ton of other Animal Crossing games. Yes, I've played multiple other Animal Crossings, including the original when it came out. Um, and I did a little bit of YouTube and research about what makes this one a little different, um, if you'd like to go into that a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I know Dale's got thoughts on this game, so I think we might just want to call an ISO and just let it rip for a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, so the game is, is pretty similar to previous Animal Crossing games, if you've played previous ones. Um, the game starts with you, a human, sitting on a train talking with a cool-looking purple cat where you determine your name and your gender and the name of the town you're about to move into. Um, all the villagers, as you already mentioned, are adorable anthropomorphic animals, and these animals are categorized into eight personality types, with a total of 335 possible villagers. So, Whoa, I did not know that. The different types of animal personalities are categorized as Uchi, Cranky, Peppy, Smug, Snooty, mm-hmm. Normal, <laughs> Lazy, and Jock. <laughs> Jock! <laughs> Amazing! Um, Jock is my favorite. Jock is the best, obviously. Jock has 76 <laughs> villagers in that category, making it the most common personality type. Wait, more common than normal? More common than normal. That 
Animal Crossing. You're getting it all twisted up with what words do and mean. Although normal is the most common female personality. So I didn't know this um, before looking into <laughs> this, but apparently most of the personalities are categorized from uh, female and male. Although uh, with the category Uchi, which consists of, consists of 23 villagers, uh, I have this quote from their Wikipedia even though all Uchi villagers are female, all other villagers may refer to them using male pronouns. Hmm. Kind of cool. What does Uchi mean? Um, I'm not really sure, actually. Um, so is it like a is it like a pronoun or like a way of like referencing like status? Um, I feel like I definitely knew this at a time, but I don't want to say in case it's wrong. I think I'm not sure. That's very fair, because yeah. we just jumped to conclusions here. Yeah, it's very okay. very atypical of this show where Griffin and I will just tell, <laughs> say a thing and assume it's true. Um, but can I also just side point, uh, this is our first guest to have notes. Yeah. Uh, Laura's coming here real high. I am yeah. very impressed. Yeah. Okay, I had, to, I had to tone down my notes in a big way, because I have what? a lot of thoughts and feelings about Animal Crossing. Well, well let, let, let's get into let's this get then. Into let's it. get into, yeah. the, let's get into the feelings coming, and the takes. Still like, coming so correct um, with the Animal Crossing. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, okay, can I start off with, okay, so what makes, and correct me wrong, what makes this game fundamentally different than other, than other Animal Crossing games is that in this game, when you show up in the town, instead of just getting, like, a tent and then making your house, everyone gets confused and thinks you're the mayor. <laughs> Which is a great plot point to a game. It's like, what, what, you're the mayor, right? What? No. What? Uh, it's you. Which raises <laughs> a few, one question for me, the Dale, but I hope you can bring me some, shed some light on, which is, like, where's the real mayor? That's a huge question of just like mine personally, you know. Like oh my god, that's right, never answered. It's never answered. Like right when you get into the town, they're like, "Oh, you're the new mayor who's supposed to arrive," and you can either say, "Yes, I'm the mayor," or like, "No, I'm pretty sure you have it confused." And then if you say that option, then the villagers are like, "No, don't be modest. Like you're the mayor." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like really, it's really wacky. But uh, mm-hmm. like, is he like? How- because they all know, they all have a mayor, right? And presumably they know the mayor. I know, and it's like, where did the mayor go? Right, it's like, if the mayor, if you're the mayor doing Hold mayor on. stuff. I have to Google this if there's ever any. Because if, if you're doing if mayor like stuff, mayor. you'd think the mayor would like run into you just because like you're doing the same mayor type things, so you'd eventually be in the same place. Do you think that the mayor was murdered? He could have been murdered. I don't know if the mayor ever existed. <laughs> Yeah. Well, maybe. Ooh, maybe you don't. Exist okay. So too. normally the mayor is Tortimer in all the games, and he's like an old kind of tortoise. Oh, that's right. He's, Tortimer he's is in this game. But yeah, but he's, he's retired. On, yeah, he's retired, and he's on the island, which is something I'll get into a bit later on. Um, but yeah, the the key difference in Animal Crossing New Leaf is that you're the mayor of the town, and with this power, you can enforce ordinances upon the town. I always pick the uh, what is called the beautiful ordinance because it forces the other villagers to plant more flowers and pick weeds. What are the other ordinance options that are like supposed to compete with the beautiful ordinance? I know, that's like the best one. Okay, so the other ordinances, um, they make stores open either later or there's one that makes stores open earlier. And then there's one that's like a wealthy ordinance that I think uh, I think it raises the price of furniture for buying and selling. So no, but do you do you like these additions? Like, do you think these are good? Like, this is like better. It seems cool, right? Oh yes, um, it's it's cool because it just allows you to do more things in the game. I feel like it's it's a little harder to get bored. Um, whereas some of the more some of the previous Animal Crossing games that I've played, you kind of max out on things to do. And uh, there's not a whole lot going on other than redecorating your home, which, hey, I love. But I also love telling people what to do. Um, oh, speaking of redecorating, um, tell me what you think about this. I also heard um, that one of the additions added to New Leaf is that, because I've only played the first one in New Leaf, or the only two that I've played. Um, that one of the New Leaf additions that I was new to that one is that you can customize your pants as well as your shirt. Yes. Um, oh, wait, your pants? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, actually. Um, I've only customized shirts and dresses in Animal Crossing. I, I don't know if you can, and if you can, I haven't explored that area yet. Whoa. So I'm not sure. Wikipedia says you can customize pants. I believe it. Um, I probably just haven't, haven't tapped into that. 
Yeah, I want to get some custom pants. Uh, the custom clothes are cool. Uh, I really like that aspect. <laughs> I'm just, sorry, I just, in my head, as we were talking about custom clothes, imagined like an Animal Crossing sprite of exhibit pimping various clothes. Like That's very good. Like, I heard you like ukulele, so I'll put a ukulele inside your shirt so you always have a uke on you. I don't know if Griffin's here for the Pimp My Ride jokes. Doesn't look doesn't look like it. That's all right. Um, sorry, I was I was d- digging deep into theories about who this mayor is. Um, <laughs> you look, you look some, very serious. For a like, I would some, love to know the Tortimer lore. Some people think that uh, Tortimer retired and that there was just a vacancy. Um, some people think that there's this character you meet uh, on a train named Rover in the beginning of the game. And before you step into the town, he freaks out and bails. Um, and some people are considering that maybe he was supposed to be the mayor, but then he bailed. Oh, you know what? I have heard that theory. Isn't Rover like an animal? And you're a person. You're a person, and all of the villagers are animals. So, and they're all anthropomorphic, and it's actually kind of fucked up because like, they, you can have some neighbors be birds, but you can also own a furniture item that's a bird in a cage. <laughs> yeah, it's very questionable. That is right, like also up. like don't they like cook burgers and stuff too? Um, there's like, not really like a barbecue. In the game. Th- on the app, there is. I was playing the Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Oh yeah, uh, that, the Pocket Camp is a watered down version of the good mm-hmm. shit. Dope wants that raw, uncut I Animal Crossing. Raw ACNL, baby. <laughs> so, um, is there any other big things about the game that we want to mention before we start talking just about what we think about Animal Crossing in general? Yes. So, big time. The other major, uh, major responsibility you have as a mayor is with public works projects, um, and these projects essentially essentially let you customize the town with adding new buildings, upgrading existing buildings, or by placing landmarks and decorations around the town. And each villager will suggest various public works projects, and the type of project they will suggest correlates with their personality type. For example. A wooden bench can only be requested by an Uchi villager, while a modern bench can only be requested by a snooty villager. Uh, a video screen can only be requested by a jock villager, and so on. <laughs> Jocks love TV. Jocks love TV so much. They're it's like, ruthless. They're, a jock will do anything to get towards a television. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Kill a kid, fuck it. Who cares? So there are strategies for trying to get villagers to suggest a public works project. Uh, The most popular strategy I've seen is to make your character stand still in one part of the map and leave your 3DS unattended for five minutes. Uh, After five minutes, walk around the town until a villager will approach you with an exclamation mark above their head. This gets the villager to sort of interact with you before you talk with them, and interactions are always reset every five minutes. So these can range from like a neighbor asking you for furniture suggestions or wanting a new catchphrase, giving you a nickname. It's not always a public works project suggestion. And sometimes it can actually take several hours before a villager will suggest a public works project. Hey, hey Mayor. Hey, hey, Mayor. I need a new catchphrase. <laughs> Big boy in the house just isn't doing it for me anymore, so I need something new. They ask that all the time, honestly. <laughs> that's their one request. Yeah, that's they're so just funny. like... That's a big one. As the mayor, you have to help this village full of cartoon characters figure out the thing they say when you press the button on the back of their toy. <laughs> oh. That's a huge existential question to ask. Oh my god, yeah. Asking someone else to define your catchphrase... Yeah. Uh, like, they also give you nicknames too, which is um, depending on like their level of friendship with you. Uh huh. What's your favorite nickname you've gotten? Oh, I feel like I usually get kind of lame ones, or like a lot of the villagers try and call my character Muffin, and I feel like I feel like my character my character is not a representation of me, but I feel like my character would not like that. Sure. So we've played Bird Horse Muffin, and you sign on a muffin pretty quick in the Bird Horse Muffin game. I guess you're in your character, I, but I'm you not and your character. character are distinct. Yeah, yeah. That's so if we get so getting into the characters for a little bit, like um, they're like super cutesy and like all have their own kind of like shtick. That's kind of like their one dimensional little shtick. But like, do you feel like it's fun to interact with the characters? Oh, I think the writing is super charming and sometimes really, really weird, which I love. Um, and like I said, uh, different villagers will have a different personality type, um, which, you know, plays into the public works project thing based on what they can suggest. Uh, and 
this really gets into the core of Animal Crossing for me personally, which is, of course, the Animal Crossing forums. So, <laughs> the most popular Animal Crossing forum is called the Bell Tree Forums. Bells are the currency of the game. Uh, but here, people can share their friend codes and talk about what they love about Animal Crossing and visit each other's towns. It's like one of the most peaceful forums I've ever seen. So, is it like oh, a forum nice. in the traditional sense that's like posting and talking and whatever? Pretty much. Uh, there's very little drama within the Bell Tree Forums. <laughs> There, like there, there's a whole um, there's a whole trading section within the forums naturally, and that's all done in an honor based system, and most everyone is cool about it. That uh, rules. This is actually really interesting because you're the first guest we've had who sort of um, thought like the community and like the surrounding connection of the game is as important or more important than the game itself. Oh, I think for me it's a huge part of Animal Crossing because like you can sort of trade like. Furniture, fruits, flower, hybrids, um, you know, whatever. But you can also trade and sell your villagers. And there's a whole value <laughs> Yo, system. what? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, wait. there's a whole value system for how much currency a villager is worth. And there's Do some, not want. Yeah, there's some that are super unwanted. And then you can trade some, them to other real people? or you, You're or trading what? with other real people. Oh, and my God. there are some villagers that are worth millions and millions of bells. Are there, Why? like, some weird ethno-nationalist, like, animal crossings that are like, I'm trading everyone but the birds. Ooh. It's my pure hollow bone society. I'm sure there's hollow bone like society. A lot of people are really into yeah. having, like, an all-deer village or, like, an all-squirrel village or something. It's uh-huh. It can get a little weird. Uh, that sounds either, like... That feels... Describing it like, I'm the kind of person who plays Animal Crossing and only wants an all-squirrel village is, like... That's that's the hobby of one of those Nazi furries. Ooh, yeah. That's like some. That's like there's like I think a clear. I was like doing much intellectual work to draw that line. Honestly, like right Dilf is like saying that like how peaceful the forums are, and we're like, no, there's Nazis in there. Look, look, it's it, it might be like residual like cultural alarm bells, but like my Nazi sniffer is good, man. I can smell those things out miles away. I, I do think it's. I do think it's cool, though, uh, that it is, like, a, a cool community because there are other cutesy games that, like, Overwatch that have a really toxic community. Um, so it's cool that Animal mm-hmm. Crossing kind of... I mean, Animal Crossing is nowhere near as competitive as Overwatch, so I it's think... It's not as competitive, and, you know, there's not a there's not a voice chat feature, which I think helps mm-hmm. a lot. Definitely, yeah. Do, um, you think, do you think that that non-competitive element of it is something that, like, draws you to it? Like, the, the sort of, like, a more, like, vibey game than, like, a linear, like, progression towards a goal? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think there's something uh, particularly rare about playing a completely non-violent video game. Uh, like, you know, Animal Crossing is kind of a slice-of-life game that has day-to-day progression of seemingly mundane activities... Um, you know, doing things in Animal Crossing like um, decorating and rearranging your home or gardening, planting flowers, asking your neighbors if they need help, um, choosing clothes for yourself. I think doing these things in game sort of made me care about doing these things in real life when I was too depressed to do so otherwise. I think Whoa, in a way, oh, that's really interesting. I think, yeah, I think like... I think in a way this game sort of teaches you how to take care of yourself and how to be patient. Uh, at least that's what this game is to me and part of what makes it so special. See, oh my god, like that's way. the most that's the most thoughtful thing that has ever been said on this podcast and will ever be said on this podcast. Wait, remember the time that I said that people who want all deer villages are Nazis? Like, let's, come on, let's not forget. Let's not run. I'm just kidding. That was a wonderful no, intelligent uh, comment. The thing I said about uh, that is, yeah, that is... That is really cool. Um, I, I think like, that's like a way more important lesson for gamer people than like how to shoot good in World War One. Totally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it seems more socially valuable. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, I feel like Nintendo has a lot of like uh, cutesy, you know, um, toned down violent games, but there's still like, there's still usually some aspect of fighting or an adversary. Um, but, you know, I think it's super rare to have just a completely nonviolent game. I guess Harvest Moon is kind of like that too. And like Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley, which is essentially Harvest Moon. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I was speaking of nonviolent. I just uh, beat Undertale, and I don't want to open up the Undertale oh can gosh. of worms too much on I'll this podcast. Guys, Under, Undertale was on my short list of what to talk about today. You guys can have uh, five minutes to talk about Undertale if you want. I can just maybe, like lean back. I'm going to talk about it at the end. Have like a little, all right, forward. We'll make a little Undertale we'll, corner. Yeah, at the we'll, end. we'll do a little I'm, under I'm talk, very talking to your tale. About Undertale. We'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk tale. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll do a little. We'll do a mini podcast called Talking Tale at the end of this one. I love that. That should be a regular. I'll think of a theme song on the way um, um, but actually more in the lane of Animal Crossing I was going to ask you like how does a game like Animal Crossing compare to something like Stardew Valley that like uh, for me feels like e- like even denser and like more customizable in terms of like farming and, and like layout well honestly I have not played Stardew Valley yet and that mm. is only mm-hmm. because I know I will love it and I will sink like no less yeah. than 200 hours into it so I've, mm-hmm. I've had to really be restrained with myself uh, yeah which is, I mean, uh, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure if I did play, uh, I would, I would find that there's more to do in something like Stardew Valley than Animal Crossing. Um, but that's kind of why I enjoy the forum aspect and the trading aspect more. Um, uh, just to just to jump back into that, I'm um, gonna throw a little jargon y'all's way. Uh, the term for the villagers you want to mo- to move into your town is called dreamies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dreamies. So most people on the Belltree forums will have an image embedded in their forum post signature with a collection of sprites that represent either the villagers in their town or their dreamies. Do you have any specific dreamies? Uh, I I had a list in in ye olden times probably, um, but uh, new game now, new villagers, uh, no no rules. But I will say that uh, yeah, I that's big ass. no rules, <laughs> new villagers. I yeah, am... that is the that is the slogan of a restaurant. No <laughs> rules. No rules, no villagers. Yeah, food. Yeah, food. Food safety. C. I still think my favorite. Just a quick tangent. My favorite ever PLR joke was when we did the Outback Steakhouse match, and then the announcement was, "It's an Outback Steakhouse match. No rules, just fight." Oh, I love that. Which is a great joke. That's good. That... That made me chuckle internally. See, it made Dove laugh, and it made Griffin give me that face he always gives me where it's like, why did you make that joke, um, you idiot? Susan, Susan, can you edit that part out, Susan? Yeah, Susan, can we just get a... Leave a quick note for producer Susan. Fix it in post. It. Yeah, shout out to producer Susan on the ones and twos, by the way. Yeah, Dream. we'd like to thank Susan uh, for editing out all the parts where Lux talks about wrestling. Okay. Susan... We'll have we'll talk about this <laughs> later. Um, the anyway. twist is Susan loves wrestling. Yeah, Susan does love wrestling. Susan's a huge fan. <laughs> oh no, um, I've really stepped in it. Susan Susan currently has uh, Elimination Chamber 2018 open in Google Chrome. Um, um, I will say that usually with uh, with games like this or or Pokemon, something that has sort of an encyclopedia of either items or creatures you can choose from i always love to study that list beforehand and plan out what uh what i kind of want my team or in this case my my village to look like um always been a big sucker for that uh but there's been some discourse within the beltry forums about having a villager pricing guide um, some people believe it would be helpful to know how much certain villagers have sold in the past um, by separating out villagers into sections of a popularity guide, while others would, pre- would prefer the value to be subjective based on personal preference. For example, there is a pink octopus named Marina. Marina the octopus uh, usually goes for around 40 million bells. <laughs> Fucking Christ! But I mean, I have no idea how many that is. It's just a, that's a big it's, number. It's a, it's a big okay, number. Like, to, give you, <laughs> to give you a little a little scale, uh, if you caught a bug, and like just a common bug, and sold mm-hmm. that, that'd probably be maybe like uh, 50 bells, something around okay. there. Um, All right. Pretty, yeah, pretty that's a lot low, of grinding. Pretty low amount. Yeah. That's um, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of bugs. So, and that's based purely on people being like, that's a cool looking character. Like, there's no bonuses with the character or anything. It's just purely aesthetic. Right. It's purely aesthetic, and I guess some of the appeal is, um, you know, each each villager has its own set of furniture and like a certain way that they decorate their house, and that can affect what kind of gifts that they give you. 
but otherwise purely based on aesthetic. Uh, but you know, some, some other ones like, uh, Poppy the horse, uh, goes for like 500 K. Um, but but like for instance, I could get Marina just RNG randomly. Like yes, yeah. Okay. Every every villager moves into the ta- into the town completely randomly out of three hundred thirty five villagers. Hmm. So if you want to trade or sell a villager, you'll have to get them to move out of your town. Um, this brings us to the time traveling portion of the game. Whoa. Whoa. This, this is, is this is the real way to play animal. The trip through your notes is like an insane roller coaster. So of just like, and we trade we trade human sentient beings to each other for bells, and then we travel through time. Yeah, yeah. I didn't read it. I did not know any of this part. I was like, I know what this game. Great. Yeah, this is also surreal because like every other time people talk about the game, it's just like where's like. Yeah, that checks out what we knew the game would be. And you're, like, dropping bombs and, like, shatter <laughs> our whole understanding of what is happening. Well, because I think a lot about the game that I like personally is is sort of external. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, the forms and the trading system. And that rules. So the maximum number of villagers you can have in your town is 10. Uh, you can only get a new villager to move in if you have less than 10 residents. At 9 villagers, there will always be a villager who asks to move out within a few days. And this is when the time traveling comes in. So I have always done the two days forward, two days backward system. Some people argue that traveling two days backward in the game doesn't count as time moving forward, but they're wrong. Trust me. Uh, I'm confused on what that does. What does time travel do? First, why are you doing that? And then I have a lot of questions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> You're like using time traveler logic on us. We're like, wait, what? Okay, sorry. I am skipping forward. Okay, so to use the system, uh, you pretty much go into the settings of your DS to change the date two days forward um, than what it is. Then you go back into the game. It's a cheat. It's a cheat, you're saying. It is essentially a cheat, It's yes. more of a hack. I, I, I'd accept It's more of a, you're right, terms. yeah. Um, no, I did that on GameCube. Yeah, yeah, you can do it on GameCube. Um, yeah. I did it all the time on GameCube. Um, and you can do it on DS too. You have an option to do it within the game or in your DS settings. I always pick the DS settings because it's a little less glitchy. Um, and so you'll go into that. You'll change the date two days forward and then go back into the game and talk to every villager until one of them tells you that they're thinking about moving. And if that's a villager you want to keep, you convince them to stay. And if not, you can tell them good luck in their move or whatever, and they'll pack their stuff into moving boxes the next day. It's so sad. It is a little sad, it's unless so you, weird they, you really want, like, Wart Jr. to leave. It's so sad that, like, if we're not sad, it's weird that they like, choose to delegate that kind of choice to the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm thinking about moving. What do you think, Mr. Mayor? Right. And it's like, they'll totally listen to you either way, you know? Uh, you can persuade <laughs> them to do whatever the fuck you this want. Is, I think this happens in, in some JRPGs that I played that, like, miss, like, they're like, this guy's the mayor of town, but it's like, really, he's the king. <laughs> Like, yeah. like, it's not what a mayor does. Like, what you're describing is what kings do. That's really how I like to think of myself in this situation. Sure. Go off, king. Um, Shouts out to my favorite Twitch stream. Nice. The go off kings. So, every few days, a villager will ask you, ask to move out. So, you just sort of repeat this process by moving the date in your DS settings two days forward, and then after that, two days backward, which mm-hmm. does count as time moving forward within the game. Wait, so when you set the DS settings back, the game thinks time moves forward at the same amount? For Animal Crossing, yes. Animal Crossing? What the f- Why did you come to that conclusion, you wacky-ass game? Yeah, no, it's bonkers. <laughs> that doesn't um, make any sense. So you never want to change the date more than two days at a time, because that's when villagers will move out unexpectedly, and you won't be oh, able no. to convince them otherwise. Oh, no. So for selling and trading, you just repeat this process until the villager you want, uh, you want to sell asks to move. Once they say they're going to move the next day, you open the gates to your town to whoever you're trading with and let the person oh my uh, God. <laughs> come into your town and they talk to the villager that's moving. Um, and so like, oh. once, that, once that player talks to the villager that's planning on moving, the villager will move from your town into theirs. Uh, of course, they will ha- need to have less than 10 villagers for them to move in, but that's sort of how the trading system works. So, for instance, could I technically be, like, waiting for the gates to open and not be involved with a trade and sneak in and, like, talk to the guy who's leaving before the actual person who bought it? 
you would have to know their friend code in order to do that. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it seems unlikely. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Griffin. You can't be a deceiver here. <laughs> <laughs> There's another strategy for getting villagers t- you want to move out, but it's more convoluted than my system. <clears throat> the two days forward and two days backward system has never failed me. Is the other and system so you like just the, yell at this it? This is something that kind of players are are kind of engineering themselves. It's not necessarily something the creators had in mind, this whole trading thing. Oh, yeah, no. It's, it's completely fan-based. Oh, okay. Uh, so, like, they weren't like, this is a feature. This is, like, something the the, the fans kind of, like, uh, like slapped to- yeah, in together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, huh. so fascinating. Totally, totally all the fandom. I love that. Um, and it's funny, too, because there is sort of, a, like, a hierarchy of value placed on these villagers based on popularity within the forum specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of interesting. Yeah, that's f- super crazy. So getting to just like as broad strokes about the game, uh, is this your favorite type of like sim game? Hmm, that's a good question. I am a big fan of Harvest Moon as well. Um, I know if I when I play Stardew Valley, I'll be a big fan of that likely. Mm-hmm. Um, but Animal Crossing is really up there for me. Probably, probably is one of my favorite. Uh, slice of life kind of kind of sims um yeah i would say so now we can't talk about animal crossing franchise without talking about one of my favorite characters uh mr rossetti uh if you will uh remember him he was the mole that would appear at, at least in the first game i don't know if he's in the other ones uh, every time, back, this is like back when there was no auto saves. So like, if you turned off the GameCube without saving, when the next time you booted the game up, this mole would appear named Mr. Rossetti, and he would yell at you. Yeah, he, so he's like, <laughs> he's really aggressive in the GameCube version. Um, yeah, it, he'd his be dialogue so mad. goes on for a long time, and it is all in caps. Yeah. Um, so that. he's actually in <laughs> Animal Crossing: New Leaf, but he has a much more tame role. Uh, I think he appears, like, the first time that you turn the game off without saving, and um, his dialogue is much more gentle. He's like, He's kind the of doctor like, said I can't yell anymore due to my high blood pressure. That's, like, honestly not that far off from the actual dialogue that he gives you. <laughs> like, I used to be a really angry guy, but then I saw Okja, and I just feel like I gotta chill a little bit. <laughs> Okja's like what it did for you, Mr. Rossetti. It's like, I finally learned to empathize. Thanks to that giant, <laughs> thanks to that giant pig dog. Um, but yeah, um, um, speaking, speaking in broad strokes. Well, first of all, to follow that up, I mean, Mister Rossetti rules. Do you you do you have a favorite? A favorite? I, mean, I know MK Slider's a great one. Wait, what's a great one? Uh, what's his name? The dog. Oh, KK Slider. KK Slider. Yeah. Oh, he rocks on that guitar. Yeah, but would you have a favorite? Uh, a favorite Animal Crosser. Oh, goodness. Um, you know, it's really hard to pick. It's like picking between your favorite children. Um, I will say in New Leaf, your secretary as a mayor is this really cute dog named Isabel. And she is fucking amazing and so positive and optimistic. And Isabel makes an appearance heart. in Mario Kart 8. She does make an appearance in Mario Kart 8. And I've played as Isabel in Mario Kart 8 and beat you. That's... True. Sorry, sorry to remind you. That's true, and you know we don't need to go into that we on don't. the podcast. We really don't. That was cruel. Of uh, me. We don't need to rehash that. Yeah, Danny was able to get through a whole podcast of talking Mario Kart shit to me. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Um, is well, there any other broad any other broad strokes we want to hit about this game before we uh, go to our ratings? Well, oh. No, well, no, you do your thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just <laughs> I just wanted to talk about one more feature that is mm-hmm. unique to New Leaf as opposed sure. to previous Animal Crossing. Oh, the island. Which is the island, yes, um, where Tortimer retires, supposedly. Mm. Um, so, you know, like like previous Animal Crossing games, uh, fishing and catching bugs is a big part of making money in this game. And in New Leaf, there's an island you can go to that sort of has, like, higher value fish and bugs as well as special island-exclusive items and furniture available available for purchase on the island. And some of these are complete sets of furniture. There's a mermaid set, and there's a bathroom set that I really like. Wait, the only bathroom sets on the island? 
It's like uh, it's like a very like vaporwave kind of bathroom. It's Whoa. not the only bathroom. Set, oh, okay. But, uh, it's yeah. like a chill one. You're like there's a mermaid set and a bathroom set. And I thought in my head the connection was like, oh, bathroom is the same kind of category as mermaid. And I was like, mermaid no. bathroom. And I was like, no, 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 no. You need more than one kind of bathroom set in your town. <laughs> like you can't make it so you have to go to the island to get a toilet. You can't run no, a town that, that, that way. That would be insane. I think actually Marina the octopus uh, comes with a toilet in her house. Oh it's my pink. God, no wonder people want her so bad. I know. Yeah, she makes got a lot all. of stuff. Uh, so there are some uh, some complete sets of furniture, um, but uh, it's always randomized, and you can only buy, I can't remember if it's one or two, but you can only buy one item of furniture at the island at a time. So if you're like me, and you look up a complete furniture list online that you want, uh, let's say the island-exclusive whirlpool tub... It can be super hard and time-consuming to find it available on the island. Mm-hmm. But you can pay to have a Club Tortimer membership, which allows you to travel to a random island shared worldwide. So you can actually meet other IRL players that are on this island as well, and you can chat with them or troll them or whatever. Aren't there, like, mini-games on that island, too, that you can play together? There are mini-games. Um, Love and- a mini uh, playing mini games and earning medals from the mini games is the only way to buy island specific furniture. Uh, <clears throat> so there are also uh, a few items that are only available on the Club Tortimer Island gift shop, like the elusive whirlpool bath that I mentioned. Uh, so kind of a cool aspect of the game. Definitely helps with uh, making money. Uh, you can get you can get more rare bugs to sell on the island. Yeah, it seems like they're keeping the core concept of the franchise and just like adding extra things to do for uh, the gamers of this generation that kind of just want to be able to play for a lot longer uh, than yeah, I think it's previous like here, games. Here are more things so you don't get bored. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but still keeping, but still like kind of keeping with the themes and keeping with the vibe. Like I don't, they're not like bringing in like any like crazy concepts that like make it feel not like Animal Crossing. Right. Um, it's not like so that's cool. Suddenly there's like a a dog who's a spy. Yeah, so there's a dog who's a spy and there's so a shooting cool. range. There's a shooting range and there's like a dojo and it's like, a, who's gonna yeah. kill the mayor? And it's like, yeah. wait, what? Animal but first, person? collect yeah, collect all the fireballs. Um, yeah. Okay, so um, so uh, I was wondering, like, so this game, how do you how do you play it when you play it? Like, do you sit down and play like eight hours of Animal Crossing like binge style, or do you just like kind of like turn it on, like play a little bit, watch some TV? Yeah, so that's another thing I really like about the game is that I I can sort of um, pick it up and play it for short bursts of time. Uh, I'm a very focused person, and it's really easy for me to get really sucked into something and just spend so long on it. Uh, So I I kind of tend to avoid games that take, you know, eight-hour sittings because... I just, I feel really guilty when I spend that much time playing video games, personally. But, um, yeah, so I just kind of, like, pick it up. Uh, I can play, like, an hour or even less and put it down, and it's nice to feel that I have, like, a little bit of progress made. Yeah. And uh, I feel like Animal Crossing is a good game for that because a lot of the rewards happen the next day um, in real time. So it kind of forces you to either time travel if you want to play it in one sitting, um, which I definitely Or take do. a break. Or take a break, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that rules. Okay, so let's um let's roll over to the ratings segment. Yeah, sounds like um, she was kind of already getting into her a little you, bit. You were starting to. I just want to make a quick, a quick note for, for the audience. If you listen to the last episode, you know that we're aware that the rating segment as like a concept is not like 100% making sense. Um, Wait, what's not making sense about it? Danny said this in the last episode that like we're asking people to rate their favorite game five out of five. Well, I think, well, we should change. I guess the premise of this then, because I think people can people can bring in games that they don't think is like the best game ever made, but like an interesting game to talk about. Yeah, totally. Just saying, the way we're framing this part of the podcast under construction. <laughs> Just want to warn you guys that that's, that that's true, and we know. Um, no one's tweet. No one's tweeted at us about it yet. But if you do, just this is my way of preempting it. That's happening here. Do you get road rage when you're stuck in traffic and you ain't got nothing to do? When you're sitting there watching cars crawl across the freeway, 
getting no closer to their destinations, but just infinitely wandering on a stretch of asphalt leading to nothing, well, cease the existential crisis and kick that anger to the curb, because the makers of Superick have come to you with a new product, Car Sand, to make your ride to work a relaxing, beach-like vacation. All you do, get a bag of sand, fill your car, turn up the Jimmy Buffett, pour yourself a margarita, and enjoy your ride to work like you're sitting on the beaches of Rio de Janeiro. Now you have yourself a great day. Enjoy that car ride with Car Sand. Now welcome back to the Game Boys Podcast. But anyways, let's talk about the ratings. Um, Dale, if you're already kind of getting started, do you want to give some, some general last thoughts and then give us your rating out of five joysticks? Out of five joysticks? Um, is this is this rating like a... Uh like a personal preference or um what it what is the i think the rubric is all your own oh wow it's, okay yeah mm-hmm. but what's your heart and soul say my you know my heart and soul says that uh that th- this is a very unique game to me um it uh it has a lot of because it's 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 sort of rare that i would want to escape a capitalist society in order to play a capitalist society where i have a mortgage that i'm paying off and i'm trying to earn money um (laughs) decorate my house but i fucking love it like i'm so into it uh five out of five joysticks nice sure Um, nice it's a good score makes sense it's about (laughs) as good a score as you're gonna get um i'm gonna go back to my normal my normal zone and give it a four and five joysticks. Uh, I think it's for what I were playing it. I played a little bit of it recently. It's super duper fun. Uh, I love, I love, 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 love just like meeting the new characters who show up to, over the course of a. Uh, thank you. Over the course of a, uh, over the course of the game, it's like, it's just kind of a real blast to to sort of. There's, it's sort of fun to take all the things that you do in real life. And I think that when you said before that like this sort of a thing that can like jar you out of like man, I'm real depressed and bummed. I don't want to, like, do cleaning. But then this game, like, takes cleaning and, like, makes it fun in a way that, like, you can sort of internalize. And I think that there's a sort of joy in, like, the game's, like, enthusiasm about everyday life um, that I don't muster up in any meaningful way in my life. But it's cool to, like, get that. Um, Like I said, same with Overwatch. Like, I fucking need a narrative hook to like a game in a certain kind of way. Mm -hmm. I just don't. I can't get 100% into something without that, and this game, for all the shit that rules about it, doesn't really have that going on for me. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, it's a 4 out of 5. I think a lot of it's really great. I just, like, gotta... I just need a story, man. 4 out of 5. Not a bad score. That's a great score. It's the same score I've given everything with Sweet in, which got a 4 and a half. <laughs> You're like, I'm sure that's a good game. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing I do want to add really fast. There yeah. is uh, there is an aspect in the game where you can open up a club and an octopus moves in and teaches you how to learn emotions. That's a that's a real thing in the canon of Animal Crossing New Leaf. Yo, did that change Lux's score at all? Doesn't change my score, but <laughs> you, it's you like... Can, you can dance in the club with octopus. You dance in the club with an octopus. My score uh, just changed And the octopus is like, this is, uh, by the way, uh, and the octopus like punches in the stomach. It's like, that's anger. That's exactly how it happens. <laughs> like, it's like he punches you again. That's fear. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he he like he like he like he like misses. That's hope. <laughs> uh, he like punches someone else and is like, "That's laughing at someone else who got hurt," which is a very specific emotion. I'm sure German people have. Oh, Schadenfreude. Dutch German people do have a word for it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Griffin, your rating. Okay, guys, I went through a lot of phases with my score, and my score was changing just over the course of this podcast, too. So you need to let me finish when I say that when I started this podcast, it was a three out of five for me. But as we were talking, I was like, you know what? I shouldn't be rating games based on, like, how much I personally love them, but, like, do they achieve what they set out to achieve? Like, is, like, are they doing, like their goal, their stated mission statement, and are they achieving that? Um, and Animal Crossing definitely is. So that raised it to a four out of five for me. Because while it was, uh, you know, um, a good game, I felt like it could be a little boring at times and didn't really suck me in in the same way that, like, these some of the newer games like Stardew Valley uh, or even, like, The Simpsons Tapped Out have in terms of, like, sim-like worlds that I can design and, like, play with characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... I was at a four, but then Dilf brought up the online community. 
And that sounded incredible. I love when a game can inspire people to do things that weren't even in the creator's intentions and designs. I love all that aspect. I love the positivity. We need more positivity in our video game community. It's a 4.5 out of 5, guys. And that's for the whole franchise, not just New Leaf. It's a 4.5 out of 5. Can't wait to see what these guys do next. Um, I will preface, it might have even been a 5 out of 5 if they hadn't released that terrible pocket camp mobile app game recently which was just trash that's a was, two out of five it just you know it just made me horny for the real thing fair yeah sure fair. and mm-hmm. and and just you know dear nintendo if you're out there listening please bring us an animal crossing for switch oh yeah give us yeah give us that, that seems obvious it's just like any game on the switch will be incredible yeah the switch mm-hmm. is so good um, okay. Uh, well, wow, so that's you... a great score. Five out of five, four and a four point five. That is, is that, that our highest yet? I don't think so. I think I think that adds up to a thirteen point five. But I do believe that Suikoden somehow got to a thirteen point six. It was a four. Someone did a four point six. Yeah. yeah, or maybe thirteen point eight. Because four. Yeah, there were some weird numbers. Suikoden is still Suikoden slightly higher because uh, Danny's a fucking troll. But um, we should start writing these down. Yeah, we should start <laughs> keeping a record of them. Um. <laughs> Okay, so before we get into our final segments, uh, you guys want to start talking Tale? Oh, yeah. Okay, oh so um, I had played Undertale, but I hadn't beat it like a year or two ago mm-hmm. when it came out. So I recently, like a couple days ago, re-downloaded it, uh, went for the true pacifist ending. And like, man, like there's some sometimes like when you watch a movie or a TV show alone or play a video game alone and you have like an insane emotional experience that you just like can't stop thinking about, but you can't like... You can't sh- talk to other people about it. Like I've been trying to talk to people about Undertale all day, just to have s- anyone. It's a really tough game to talk about. Oh, um, like the ending. It's also, it's also really easy to spoil into. too. Uh, it is and it isn't. You have to kind of explain a lot of the lore, I think, to like have the twists make sense, right? But I don't know. It just it was a really powerful game that like like just some just the writing and made. It, it was such more of an emotional experience than most video games that I play, and I don't know like if that's how he did it. And he's like tw- he's like my age; he's like twenty six years old. Oh uh, yeah, Toby! Oh my gosh, the writing I think is so so brilliant. Um, I love the writing of that game. I have a question for you: the first time you played through, um, what what kind of route did you take? So I. Uh... I, like, I'm glad I started over because I was trying to go pacifist, but I accidentally killed a few people, like, because mm. I didn't, like, realize. Did you, so, like, it would have been just the middle of the road boring. I did the first time. I did, too, the first time. And it's brutal. It's so brutal. Okay, and the, uh, maybe this counts as a spoiler. So, I'm going to say a spoiler right now. If you haven't played Undertale yet, don't listen to this next part. You can just skip ahead in the podcast. But, uh, all right, here we go. So Talking <laughs> I tale. Killed, I killed or- Toriel, right? Uh, I immediately turned off my game and I turned it back on without saving and it gave me an alternate route where the flower knew that I had killed her and that I tried to go back into time and it like even thinking about it now it shivers down my spine it it was so unexpected on my first playthrough yes it was so good that's really important thing to mention is the game remembers everything you do even on different saves so like the second time you meet the flower, if you're playing a new save, it's like, my name's Flowey, but you already knew that, didn't you? Yeah, it has little hints of your sort of past life doing this. It's mm -hmm. very, very creepy. You have to do a complete reset if you... Which which makes your actions, like, have even more weight, that it's just like, no, like, these are choices. Like, it's like, it's, ah, wow. Um, But, like, Lux, on the other hand, over here, went a very different route. Yeah. Well, Dilf, I don't know if you remember this. When I played Undertale, I did the genocide run. I have a memory of telling you that and you getting actually upset at me. (laughs) (laughs) Just to clarify, if you haven't played Undertale, there's really, like, there's, like, two ways you can kind of play. You can either kill all the monsters or you can befriend them through conversation. And the results uh, lead to very different plots and, like, meeting certain characters... And boss fights and all sorts of different stuff either way. Um, yeah. So that's what makes Undertale pretty unique. I'm curious to know uh, what your genocide route was like because um, I, I haven't played it that route yet myself, but uh, I've heard it's a completely different game because some of the monsters will sort of clear out areas um, where you don't, you don't interact with them the same way as if you do a pacifist route. And it becomes sort of a horror game where you're 
you're the monster. Yeah, and that's how I would describe it. When you do the genocide run, you basically become like the Freddy Krueger, the Jason takes Manhattan, um, or whatever. Um, and it's really, f- it's fun, but it's also like emotionally trying. Well, at least here's the thing, oh gosh, right? Here was the problem, is that I made this choice because you'd already played it. Um, several of our friends already played it, and they were like. Uh, you gotta play this game. It's so fun. Everything's so cute. And the, you pacifist, you can love everyone and be friends. And I was like, that's cool, but there's also like a killing things option, right? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, well, if I do the friendship run, that forecloses doing the murder option in the future because I'll be too emotionally attached. Oh, so so the first time I do it, I need to just kill everything, see what that's like. I've gone back since played it, done the true pacifist thing. It's great. It's wonderful. I erased the game, reloaded it so I didn't know I already done the murders. Mm-hmm. It's great. Great time. But um, the genocide war was crazy. You become like a monster who's terrifying and like the monsters are all scared of you. Aww. And things are clearing out and everyone's mad. It's wild. But that will just about do it for Talking Tale. Our short mini segment. Yeah, that's a little mini podcast for you. Free. And now we get into everyone's favorite video game themed reiteration of Fuck Mary Kill. We're playing Play It, Slay It, Delay It. Play It, Slay It, Delay It. Um, Dilf, the way this game works is I'm going to give you the name of three games. I'll also read you their website copy about what the games are about. You will then choose, along with Griffin and myself, which one you want to play, which one you want to slay, as in throw in the trash, and which one you want to delay, as in maybe save it for later. Okay. okay. Um, so here we go. Game number one, Immortal Redneck. Immortal Redneck is an FPS set in Egypt with roguelike elements, frantic gameplay, twitch controls, and an arcade-style feel. Meet randomly generated dungeons, a complete skill tree, permanent death, and nine classes with different traits. Immortal Redneck. Uh, permanent death? What does that even mean? Mm, maybe it's like, uh, like XCOM or something. Um, does that mean that if you die in the game, you die in real life? Oh my god. Just I like, when that happens just like Frankie Muniz's famous character Swink from the film, uh, what is that movie called? Stay Alive? Where he goes, the bitches in the backyard! And everyone goes, Frankie Muniz? Yeah, you're Frankie, Frankie Muniz. You don't get to do that. Frankie, no. You don't get to play a hacker named Swank and say things like that. You're Frankie, Frankie. you're Malcolm. Anyways. Frankie, you know than that. Let me talk to your agent, Frankie. Anyways, next on the list is Mulaca. Mulaca. Okay. Dive into northern Mexico's breathtaking landscapes with Mulaca, a 3D action adventure game based on the rich indigenous culture of the Tarahumara. Renowned for their impressive running abilities, embark on the journey of Su- Sukuruame, a, tar, a, tarahumara sha, a Tarahumara shaman, as you fight back the foulness corrupting the land, while drawing upon the powers of demigods, from solving puzzle environments inspired by real Sierra Tarahumara locations to heated hand-to-hand combat with creatures pulled from the region's mythology, find out why the Tarahumara have earned a reputation for being superhuman. And lastly... That one, that one sounds like it might be cool, but if I saw some images, it might look terrible. Yep. Yeah, all, all based on the visuals, really. Yep, well, too bad, you only get the words. And, well, you're painting a word picture, so... Well, the, so, some some 23-year-old copywriter who doesn't have an editor and has typos wrote these. Um, not me. Anyways, um, Brass Tactics is the last one. The that was Scion. three years ago. Yeah, that was, that was me. Maybe even, yeah, just about. Brass Tactics. The Scions, the scions have fallen. Master the table or lose the war. <laughs> the Experience. scions have fallen. Experience real-time strategy as it was meant to be in full virtual reality. Uh, From the lead designer of Age of Empires 2 comes a living tabletop battlefield where your forces are always at your fingertips. Solo or with a friend, it all comes down to brass tactics. So this is a fighting game in VR? It's like like an RTS in VR. Mm. Like a StarCraft. So, Immortal Redneck, Mulaka, Brass Tactics. Play it, slay it, delay it. Uh, Griffin, you want to go first? Sure. Um, well, I'm going to slay the VR one uh, just because I don't like VR so far. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I haven't tried new VR games, so maybe we'll try to try some for this podcast. Oh, my God. Um, but uh, are you, are you, maybe you can be a defender of VR. And the second one would be uh, – so that's between – I guess I'll play Mulaka and I'll slay – the You'll delay Immortal Redneck? Immortal oh, what? But Immortal Redneck sounds really good too God. If I saw pictures it would help But but that would defeat the purpose of the game I'm gonna go Mulaka I'm sorry Immortal Redneck You've been delayed I, I get it I have, There's enough Immortal Rednecks IRL Fair 
Uh, yeah, I will say that actually that, that would have been my exact pick. Uh, slay Brass Tactics, because I also don't like BR so far. Uh, yeah, does it, does it make you nauseous? It makes me nauseous. It, well, okay, I will say I haven't had that many VR experiences so far, but the ones I have had, all, all the, uh, all the um, headsets that you wear are very uncomfortable. Um, sure, yeah, it's not like designed. easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, all of them have like hurt my head in, in different ways. But uh, play Mulaka, um, delay, maybe delay forever, Immortal Redneck. <laughs> okay. And Slayer Brass Tactics. An immortal delay. delay. Okay. Immortal delay. All right, so for me, it's a little different. I'm going to slay Immortal Redneck. I'm not an FPS guy. It just mm-hmm. sounds dumb. I don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play Brass Tactics, because unlike you guys... Oh, okay. I've played a bunch of VR games. Most of them have been bad. Some of them have been good. And I'm not ready to give up on trying new things in VR. Sure. Um, because when it's good, it's so, so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would delay Mulaka because I actually do kind of want to play this game, but I just like I want like the idea of like an RTS VR RTS where you like move things with your hands like a like a puppet master controlling armies from above. That sounds cool. Maybe I, I just added myself as a supervillain, but like that seems cool, <laughs> like a fun activity. And on that note, <clears throat> we've run a little bit long, but it's been super fun and super good. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you all you listeners for hanging with us for a, a light, slightly longer than usual episode thank you so much to D- Dilf aka Laura Lewis for uh, coming on the show Dilf where can the people find yeah, you and plug, your shit some stuff. so uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Laura's Draws L-O-R-H-S D-R-A-W-S cool and remember to check out Danger and Eggs um, on Amazon. On Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Lux. You know me. You can find my work at Wisecrack on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at Animal Surfboard. Um, you can look uh, find the Party World Wrestling stuff. Look at Party World Wrestling on Facebook. Um, if you live in Austin, you're listening to this. Come to the show March 17th. It's going to be great. We got new videos coming out. Check the Facebook page. And Griffin, tell the people what they want to hear. <laughs> you can find uh, me every fourth Sunday at the Pack Theater in Los Angeles at Sketch Night, doing a little bit of sketch comedy. Or you can find me in Area X at The Shimmer, where I'll be live tweeting all of the uh, Natalie Portmans I see. Yeah, you can, uh, um, at you Shut can Up find, Griffin. Yeah, you can find Griffin at Shut Up Griffin. Uh, and My, Game Boy's can, podcast. And Game Boy's podcast, exactly so. Um, he'll be reporting right from that hole in the lighthouse. Man, we're killing this ending right now. We're plugging everything. We're plugging everything. We're timing it great. This is a little bit of a derailment talking about how good a job we're doing, but that's okay. <laughs> Susan um, will get it in post. Susan will take care of it. She's great. Um, Susan? 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 Shouts out to producer Susan on the ones and twos. She's fucking... She's a, she's a goddamn saint. Um, yeah, internet. Love you very much. We'll talk to you guys soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.